0: Hey
1: everybody. We're recording. <laughs> we Yay! Did it. We're here again. You can't get rid of us. Uh, this is Where's My Flashlight, a supposed Ghost Hunters podcast, but I think we talk about Ghost Hunters for like 10% of the time normally. Um, I'm Heather. With me as always is Sophie.
2: And a special guest. And a special guest.
0: On Alicia, hooray!
3: I love your guys' name, this is so cool.
2: Where's
3: thank my you. flashlight?
1: Creative, <laughs> I like Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it uh, it, it kind it was, of evolved organically from uh, way back in like 2007. Sophie and I lived together in an apartment in Portland. And on the weekends, we would watch Ghost Hunters and uh,
2: take out a van and drink special brews.
1: Yeah, we'd sing. Yeah. We would drink some sane eyed special brew. And um, I don't know why this happened, but we started yelling, Where's my flashlight? And <laughs> it just became a thing. And then yeah. last year, when we were talking about paranormal stuff i was like we should start a podcast and call it where's my flashlight and then like the very next week that's what we did (laughs) (laughs) we have no idea what we're doing but we are doing it
2: yeah and we're doing it hard that's right (laughs) okay (sighs) well um Alicia, thank you so, so much um, for coming to do this with us and um, giving us your very valuable time. Um, I know that, um, you know, not a lot of people understand how much value time is. So I appreciate that.
0: Yes, absolutely. uh, Feel
2: free. Give us a brief bio on yourself and what got you into the paranormal.
3: Well, my name's Anna Alicia Trees, and um, I've always been. It's so funny when you listen to interviews or you listen to podcasts, and they always ask you how'd you get started. And everybody said, always says, "Oh, you know, I've been doing this for years," or "This happened when I was a kid." Um, It's it's the same kind of situation. It you know, I've always been infatuated with Halloween and scary movies, and and you know, things all paranormal. Um, I remember watching, um, it was, uh, what was his name? Leonard Nimoy, when he did In Search Of, mm-hmm.
0: that's how old
3: I am. So I was always into those kind of shows. And, you know, I just, I loved anything paranormal. But I didn't, we didn't really call it paranormal back in the day when I, I, I don't know, we just, we just called it people thought, you know, you kinda of hit things like that, you know, because people would think you're weird. Yeah. Now it's like accepted, but back then it wasn't. That just shows you my age right there. Um but you know I um it it kind of started two two certain ways with me. One was my mother had told me a really freaky thing that happened to her. Um being Catholic and, you know, going to church and everything, you always hear stories, but we had moved into a house, um, that wasn't really old actually it was from the eighties, but it, you know, it wasn't old. Mm-hmm. And, um, my mother said that her quick story when she, and she didn't tell me this until like years, like, I think I was in my thirties, oh, wow. um, maybe thirties or forties at the time. So she didn't tell my sister and I right away, but she had said that when my dad would take us to school, we were in high school at the time, I believe, um, that you know she worked swing shifts at the time. And so when we, we would leave, her door, her, her bedroom door would slam shut and it'd be ice cold and she would hear voices and she couldn't like open her eyes or anything.
1: Oh, wow.
3: And so she said that this happened like for months. And I'm thinking, my, mo- my mom is, she's from Indonesia, she is a first gen around first generation American. Um, and my mother, one thing about her, she's, she's not crazy. She's not a bullshitter. She just says, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, she does, you know, she's really a strong woman. And, uh, so she said that she thought, well, maybe every time we left, it was a cold, you know, like air, like wind would shut my mom's door or Mm -hmm. something like that's what was causing it. And, um, so she said that, you know, she, she tried different things and it would happen every time we'd leave. And, um, so she went to her priest at the time, the father, which I don't know who that was. This was a long time ago. And he said, well, you know what? You have the power. You, if this happens again, you, you pray and you say in the name of Jesus Christ, I want you out of my house. So my mom said, it happened again, we left, you know, her door slammed shut, it'd be ice cold, she heard voices, so this time she said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I want you out of my house, and she said, this is what's really scary, she said that after she said that, she heard screaming, and it was so loud, she thought her ears were going to burst, that's how the screaming was, and she said that she couldn't open her eyes, but she heard things like by her bed. And the um, door flew open and all these different languages like were said and everything she could tell it was leaving her room and it never happened again. And um, when my mom had told me that story, it it really not only creeped me out because I'm like, Mom, why didn't you tell us? And she was like, I didn't want to scare you girls
0: because it was just like (laughs) this. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so, you know, that happened. So it always kind of got me, you know, just curious. And so then I moved to Portland um, because of my ex-husband at the time. He wanted a university hospital, which you guys know, it's just you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I moved there and um, I started watching the shows like you had mentioned, uh, Ghost Hunters, all that. Um, and uh, Ghost Adventures also was new at the time and I had my space and I reached out to Zach Bagans and, and Steve, um, what's his last name? I know this Steve, uh, from ghost hunters.
0: Good um,
3: good old. Old. Yeah. So they were my friends on my space and, um, started talking to them, watching all the shows and, um, You know, told him some of my experiences, told Zach that he needed to go to Idaho, which is my hometown, to go see the, um, to visit the Old State Penitentiary. So that was one of his first episodes, which was kind of cool. And so then um, Ghost Hunters was doing a, um, it was kind of a, a contest where they were, I don't know if you guys remember this, but they had a show called Ghost Hunters um, Academy.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And you, I don't know if you remember that. Yep. So my, on a dare, um, my sister, um, it was my sister and some of my friends. I can't remember if it was just my sister or my sister or my friends. But anyway, they dared me to enter the contest. And, and so what we were supposed to do is we were supposed to go on there, take a picture and just, you know, do a bio, just, you know, tell them a little bit about yourself. And I was, you know, I'm like, okay, this is kind of dumb. So I just took a picture of myself and then I put, um, I'm a dental assistant who ghosty hunts and that's all I wrote. (laughs) And so they called me and I was like, what you know like how does this happen and it was pilgrims I think it was pilgrims productions Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. and so they reached out to me and um um you know asked me all these questions I I had to go get a physical I had to go get tests that I was healthy that I was not crazy of course I'm already crazy and um yeah had to do all this stuff you know I, I was telling Adam Barry about it when I saw them at, in Vegas last year, maybe it was last year or the year before. I can't remember. Um, but I'm like, I was supposed to be with you. But, um, so anyway, I was, I think I was like the 14th runner up or something. I can't really remember. And then it started getting closer where I was like sixth in line, fifth in line and, you know, got closer and closer. And, um, so Uh, they picked a nurse instead of me. She was Hispanic, I believe. But, yeah, so I didn't get it. And I was really bummed because for some reason I thought I was going to get it, right, because it was so close. Yeah. And so I reached out to Steve. (laughs) And I said, oh, my gosh, I didn't get it. And he was like, I'm so sorry. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to start my own girl. All girl ghost hunting team. Yes. And there was only one before mine that I knew of that was kind of getting out there at the time and um, so I called it Pink Kitty Paranormal and um, uh, to go back a little bit when this was all happening I was um, I got really involved with Shanghai Tunnels it was Mm -hmm. a a outreach program it was Cascade Geographic Society that ran it and um, when I started really watching the shows and everything I really got involved with helping them out and volunteering and um, so I did that for eight years. But during this time, as I was volunteering, um, I, you know, I, I tried to get this part, didn't get it. So I started my own team called Pink Kitty Paranormal. Um, my um, youngest son ended up drawing the, the, the logo, which was a cat holding a flashlight. Oh, nice. It <laughs> old, yeah, it was the old fashioned. The old-fashioned flashlight, the real the real sturdy flashlight, yeah. which that's all we use at Shanghai Tunnels. We always thought they looked more cool. Mm-hmm. And so um, he drew, you know, the logo, and we named the cat uh, Shasta, Shasta McNasty. <laughs> <laughs> my, mom trailer. Yeah, my mom had bought me a trailer that was a Shasta trailer, so it looked like a toaster with wings. Mm-hmm. And we edited it out. And we put shag carpet. We were gonna put all our equipment in there and uh, and travel and do whatever. Um, so I, I was still, I was not, not yet. Um, it, it was just a thought. Um, so I had told Steve, I'm just gonna, you know, do my own. And he was like, Well, I'm gonna look for that because he's into cats, right? I'm mm-hmm. not really into cats, actually, but. <laughs> Yeah, so it was kind of weird how it started. But I always liked Hello Kitty. So it was like kind of like a, a second close thing. Mm-hmm. And so um yeah, so I started I started wanting I, I thought, okay, well, how can I be different and stand out? Instead of looking goth and scary and and you know, the same typical paranormal the black and the, yeah. you know, how can I stand out and be different? So I thought, okay, well, I gotta get a group. And so it was only my sister and my cousin at the time, and um, I we started doing things with um, Shanghai Tunnels as far as like, like you know AIDS walk and and things like that because Darcel. Um, the owners, which was Hobos at the time, actually owned the underground part Mm -hmm. that we would um, do tours. So we were really close to, like, Darcel and, you know, all the drag queens and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, you know, I was always, you know, doing charity uh, stuff for AIDS and things like that. So um, we decided to get T-shirts made, and so we walked around with these pink wigs and tried to get our name out. Um, And so... It, it it was really it was kind of tough because um, you know, I lived in Portland, my sister and cousin lived in Idaho, so it was just really hard for us to connect and try to get a group. So, um I and so I was in the process of still thinking, okay, how can we be creative? So I sew, so I started making outfits for us, uh faux fur. Oh, nice. I would decorate all our equipment with faux fur on it, like our EVP recorder had mm-hmm both found it. Um, we would call our flashlights flashes <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, decorated it where it looked like a gun, but it was a flashlight. I did really crazy things. Like, and we wore tutus when we we're ghost hunting. That was the nice. thing I would make. Tutus, and we had to be in tutus when we ghost hunted.
2: Oh my God.
3: You're my hero. I, yeah. I'll
1: yeah. That's amazing.
3: Yeah. So, um, so anyway, like I said, it was just really hard for, um, you know, for everything to turn out just because my, my sister and my cousin lived in Idaho. So so um, Ghost Adventures came down. Um, it was actually Bill Tolley is before he got really on camera. He was just a background guy. Mm-hmm. And um, they came down and they were like, OK, on Alicia, we want you to play Nina. We want, because you're Native, you know, we want we want somebody to, like, play because she was Native. And we, we want you to do all this, you know, reenactment. And so all of us tour guides were, uh, had a spot on there on that episode. Um, and then one of the girls that was on my Pink Kitty Paranormal um, uh, um, group, she played the saloon girl. So we all had, um, like, a part in that. Um, and so after there's more with that, but after we got done filming, um, somebody had told one of the producers, what was her name at the time? I think it was Amanda. I can't remember. It was Amanda and Leah, I believe. And they heard about my group that I was putting together. And so they went up to me and they were like, you know, cause they work, you know, they're with Travel Channel and they were like. You need to tell us what's going on. We heard that you have, like, this group, and it's, like, crazy. You know, like, we all dress up, right, in tutus, Mm and we go sign. And I was like, well, I don't want to talk to you about it, because I hadn't patented yet. Yeah. And I didn't want anybody to steal my ideas, because that's what happens in this business, is people get wind of an idea, and they steal it, and there's nothing you can do. And I knew that just by being in the field for so long Mm -hmm. and in in entertainment. too. So she was kind of mad at me. Both of them were mad. Her assistant and the producer was kind of mad at me when they left and then they came back and they're like, oh, Alicia, we promise that we don't want to steal any idea. We just, you know, we, we want to pitch this. We think this would be like, something that maybe we could use for a show. And so I was like, I don't even have all my group yet, right? And I'm thinking, God. So I kind of told them, you know, how I got started and they were like, okay, we're going to pitch this. So then I got the group together. I got Rachel, she was an RN. So I made her a nurse outfit with the nurse's hat. Cute. She had both. Her, she had, I have to send you pictures. Yeah. And then um, I had um, a couple other friends that I used to go to a salon and they were all from the salon. I didn't know them that well. They didn't know anything about the paranormal and I trained them. <laughs> I, d- I just like how oh, you're going to do it. Um, And so, anyway, before, you know, all this stuff, they were trying to pitch it, and and so we started getting calls in Portland to do investigations. We did Clydes, We did, um, there was, um, I can't remember the name, but it was the girl that holds the burger used to be downtown. It it was that deli or something. Uh, people. Yes, it was something like that. Yeah. Um, But we started getting calls. For us to investigate, just locally, so we started getting really well known in that in that aspect, and then also it helped with ghost adventures as well because people started really coming down for the tours, and I was one of the tour guides, and they were like all freaked out, like, "Oh my god, we got to see these, you know, tunnels." So, um, so one story short, um, it it didn't work out too well. Um, they did pitch it, and they were going to pick us up, but then our group um, broke up. For you know, I, I can tell you that um, personally what happened there. But our yeah. group broke up, and mm-hmm. so I had to get um, an attorney, a, um, entertainment attorney, and work on contracts oh,
1: wow. with that.
3: But yeah, it was kind of sad. It was kind of sad how it happened, but it just it just was it, it it just wasn't meant to be. Um, and just you know, you guys probably know this too. Anytime you start up a paranormal team or a group, it, it's not easy. It is not easy because you you have your own life as well. You have a job, and when you do these things, you have to. It takes time. Also, mm-hmm. when you play back all your recordings, um, you know you've got hours and hours that you have to listen through. You know what I mean? And it's it's very these groups out there are very competitive. It's a very competitive field. Oh yeah,
0: I and and
3: it's filled. A lot of people. We all know each other. Like it's been. It's been to be honest. It's been three or four years for me. It's been a while, but it's very competitive, and we all know each other. At, at some point, we all know each other. Um, and it's it's it it's, it's it can change you. It's changed a lot of people. Um, it's changed a lot of people that I've known for a long time that are like on TV right now that were not like they were different at the time. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not what they used to be. If that, if you can put two and two together, there.
1: Right.
3: <laughs> and it's called, you know, it, it changes you. And and I'm just as guilty. It happened to me too. You know, I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I, I acted like that and I did that, you know. Yeah. Um, there is some things to really watch for. Um, but also, um, but that's how I kind of got started and um, was a tour guide. And we did a lot of ghost hunting tours, um, did, uh, was with a lot of groups. Um, uh, the, the person that really taught me a lot was Catherine Duncan um she's still she's not volunteering anymore she's um she's kind of retired a little bit but she taught me everything I know and she like literally from the balls down like you know like everything like what to look for what to Mm -hmm. write down like you know you can have all these crazy equipment but if you don't have that knowledge if you don't know your basics it's just out the window you got to use your instincts too and right. your intuition they used to call me the bionic ear because my hearing was so good like I would hear something and everybody's like like in my group too they were like what did you hear and I heard you know you're a dirty woman this was one of the things in the Shanghai Tunnels that happened to me we were recording and and I heard somebody say you're a dirty woman to me in my ear Yikes. and <laughs> at the and you can hear, you're a dirty woman. So they used to call me the bionic ear all the time because I used to hear things before we could pick it up on the,
0: wow. on the recorder.
1: That's really yeah. impressive. <laughs> my,
3: that was my superhero. Thing.
1: Yeah.
3: So, um, but yeah, it, it's, um, um, you know, it's very, It, it, it can, I always say just be careful because, you know, things can happen attachments do happen it happened to me um sarah lamos really uh, helped me a lot uh with that um also debbie um constantino as well that passed away um, they were really there for me so i went through a lot and um ha- Really, where it started was when I played Nina on that episode. That's when my life started going down. To be honest, because I had an attachment, I I went through divorce. All these things were happening to me, and you know, you just got to protect yourself. There are things out there that we don't understand, and you're inviting you're inviting things. So you just you have to learn respect, how to respect things, and um, there's just a lot. I could, I, I have thousands of stories.
1: Nice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's basically, that's basically how I got started.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much.
2: That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so, um, as far as, um, you know, besides what got you got start, got you started was kind of. You know just your interest in Halloween and you know um, just things kind of that are a little bit darker or macabre you could say Um, were there any personal experiences that you had um, when you were younger or would you like to share or which ones you would like to share I did I had you know I I had a lot
3: of native people um, you know, in Idaho, we have a lot of Native Americans and they would always say mean things to me. They would not, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying anything about Native Americans. I'm just saying they would always say strange things to me. Like I disgraced my people. Um, I, um, you know, I came over the Mayflower and uh, did all these bad things. And, um, You know, I'd always get people saying strange things to me, like I'm evil and I'm, you know what I mean? And I would always have dreams of being like in the 1800s, things like that. Mm -hmm. But those are my experiences when I was little, but most of my experience started adapting, adapting because I, I always knew that there was something different about me and I always picked up like... I would see things and I'm like, you know, it's like deja vu. Like I've been there before
0: mm-hmm.
3: and, you know, um, you know, and then I would find out that, you know, this happened there, which I already felt like I knew it cause I was there. It was just weird, you know, yeah. things like that. But I never really saw like any ghosts or anything like that when I was little, but it was always just different kind of incidents. Like, that people would say to me, like, I disgraced my people, that, you know, I'm, you know, disgraced. And so I grew up kind of thinking I was a bad person. That, you know, I did something bad. And um, I, I feel like this was a path, the beginning of my path, because after I started with Shanghai Tunnels and after I moved to Portland, that's, and then watching these shows, things started becoming clearer to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um so I mean, it, it, it weird stuff. Like my friends would see it with me, and that weren't in the paranormal. For instance, we we were at Pioneer Square shopping, and we would we we went into the restroom, and there was this homeless lady, and she went up to me, and she goes, "You're you know you disgraced your people," and I'm like, Whoa. "Oh my god!" I would heard since I was little, right? And my friend was like, because she's not into the paranormal, she's like, "Oh no." what <laughs> like to deal with
0: this, you know.
3: yeah. and um anyway she she told me she goes salt wa- saltwater fish makes you sick and it does but I never had said anything to anybody about it that I still eat it but it always makes me a little bit sick and she goes yeah she goes saltwater fish you can't have she goes it, it makes you sick is that's how they curse you it was really weird oh, it was like wow. things like that so, yeah, so when I played Nina in that episode of Ghost Adventures, that's when I started seeing her everywhere. My friends would even see her as well as going to dental to school at the same time. I, I was going through a divorce. Um, I, and, and I think that when you are down on your luck, you are, when you're going through something bad, things can attach to you because mm-hmm. you're not. You know, you're not in a strong mind, which right. your mind you're,
1: you're gets, vulnerable. Right.
3: Yep. And so it was like I was seeing her everywhere. And the story that I always had taught or was taught by Michael, which he was the founder of the Shanghai Tunnels. Mm-hmm. He's now passed away. Um, but he, you know, always told a story about a Native American girl. She was click Indian, she was only sixteen. And true story, she was taken from her family, like a lot of them were back then. Mm-hmm. And she was sold in prostitution in the tunnels. She would be a saloon girl, or they would use these traps to trap men, or, you know, these women would put opium drops in their drinks, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's where she worked. She was taken, and that's where she was, was you know, working. And so I always talked about her story, and um, so when she was taken, um, you know, she worked down there for years, and this was in the 1800s. And um, some uh, missionaries came through and posed as Shanghaiers and met with Nina, talked to Nina, and said, Hey, if you, you know, if you tell us everything that's going on, we will help you, we will save you, we will go to the police. Um, mayor, whatever, and we will get you back to your family. And so she trusted these men because, honestly, they wanted to do something good. But remember, back then, everybody was on the take. Right. Remember, these businesses got paid a portion. Um, the police, you know, there was a lot of police that were not very good at the time. Yeah. And so they all shared into that money. And so when these missionaries came forward and they wanted to know who was supplying this information, And so they found out it was Nina and they killed her, pushed her down an elevator shaft, which Ooh, is geez. still in the top today. And so I would talk about that, or another tour guide would talk about that. And um, so that was always a story I told for years when I was down there um, giving tours. And when I played her, um, it like I kept seeing her everywhere. It, it was just crazy. She had this, this. This, uh, you know, dirty dress, ripped dress. Her hair was all matted long. Mm-hmm. She was she was a young girl and she her teeth were broken. Like I always like pictured Nina like a beautiful princess, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, she must have been, you know, just the, the fantasy of it, you right. know. But when I saw her, she didn't look like that. I'd see her in the shower. I would see her. She'd be in my bathroom. She'd be sitting by my bed. And I literally thought I was going crazy. You know, I was like, but then my friends at school would see her or we would talk about her and the printer would go crazy or the lights would flicker. So it just started getting really weird. And um, that's why we say, be careful what you wish and do, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's consequences that can happen. Um, also, things have followed me home from the tunnels. You know, sometimes it's not so scary. It's playful.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's
3: why I we- would you always say, you know, thank you for letting me visit, but you're not allowed to follow me home. You know, thank you. I'll come back maybe and see you, but you need to stay here. So those are little things that, you know, people you know um, need to learn how to do because, you know, things can't follow you. They're curious. Yeah. They they, they want to know what's going on. But as far as Nina, that happened for, um, for a few months. And then um, I met this guy um, in my class that was, um, part of, um, a human trafficker. Um, you know, he recruited and I didn't know that at the time. And so that happened to me. So what was weird about that is, you know, I play this woman that I talked about for years Mm -hmm. and then it happens to me. And, um, you know, I, 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 was, I was getting burned, scratched, um, um, so I could tell you the episode that, you know, I talk about this in, which mm-hmm. is ghost adventures aftershocks. It's one of the episodes Of course, they changed things around because my trafficker was alive at the time. And, but it's the weirdest thing to see somebody play you. That's all I'm going to say. This yeah, is, I bet. it's really weird. Wow. And, you know, they had to do a lot of, you know, they had to do a lot of, you know, uh, they had to do a lot of editing because they didn't want people to know it was me, even though people figured it out. They didn't do that great of a job. I got um, into trouble with that. But anyway, but so Sarah Lemos, um, it was actually um, not really Sarah at the time. It was um, they there was a show called Ghost Mine. And um, Larry and Stacey Overman are my really good friends. And uh, they um, lived in Portland area at the time. And um, you know, I was having all these issues with Nina and they said, you know, we have a friend, Sarah Limos. This was before she was on TV and all that stuff. This mm-hmm. was like way before. Um, but I got to see her in Vegas last year, which was really nice to see her again. But um and we became really good friends um back then, but she did a detachment on me and she never came back. Um, but mm-hmm. she screamed and like You know, like Sarah said that she was screaming, she didn't want to leave me, that, you know, she wanted to continue to protect me. And it it was crazy. Mm -hmm. It was just craziness. I mean, there's so much to that. But that's why I always tell people, you know, if you go ghost hunting, you know, it's all fun and games, but, you know, it can be dangerous. you got to really understand what you're doing and you got to understand what steps you need to take. To protect yourself and your team and also that client that if you're helping a client, you need to understand what they need to do. They need to have resources because just because you're there helping them doesn't mean you're gonna get rid of anything. So you have to know your resources, you have to know people. Like in my case, we knew priests, you know, Mm -hmm. like from church. I and I you know, I knew a lot of people in the business, but if you just like leave leave them, oh yeah, here you go, it can aggravate the situation, you know. Um, you know, and 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 some things, good things can come out of it. Um, like Catherine, like we went on a, a house investigation and the the clients were all freaked out because their lights kept going off and on, their TV kept going off and on, and they're thinking, hey, is this is paranormal. But we actually found out that it was the neighbor across the street that had a remote that every time they would turn on their TV or whatever, it oh, would wow. control there. So it's little stuff like that. that mm-hmm. You've got to kind of understand, you know, you and I, I hate to say debunk because it's kind of like kind of cliche, but it, it is. It's like it's a lot. Ninety eight percent is not paranormal. Yeah. Now, if you can't explain something and try all avenues, then you might get something. I always used to tell this to my team and also tell the tour goers. So I'm like, if you're going to take a picture, because it was allowed down there. Mm-hmm. I said, don't just take one picture and go, oh, hey, look, I got the shadow. I got this <laughs> orb, which mm-hmm. orbs are, uh, I, get, I get so pissed when I hear <laughs> orbs. But anyway, because oh me too. I mean, not always, but most of the time. Yeah. So they'll take one freaking picture, right? And they're like, oh, my God. This is so paranormal. Look at this. And I'm like, okay, you have nothing to compare that picture with. So it could be a light coming through, a light beam. It could be a shiny thing in the tunnels or wherever you're investigating that can reflect that light. Or it it could be somebody standing there (laughs) that you're with, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
3: So I'm like, take three. Boom, boom, boom. All at once. Boom, 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 boom. Take four. Take a bunch. Then there you have it. Then you can, you can look at all those pictures and you can compare it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if, if if that thing is in all the pictures, I guarantee it's probably not paranormal, but if you get one that has that, and then the other ones are blank, or you can see that it's starting to, to, um, you know, put together something, you know, right. try to uh, form something, then you got something. But you can't just take one picture and go, oh, hey, you know, there you go.
1: Yeah, here's my ghost. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, there's your ghost. So that's the key. And that is just from learning from, you know, Catherine. Th- those are the basic things that, you know, those equipment, you can have all those fancy equipment, but if you don't know what you're doing, don't know the basics why. You know, you got to understand what you're doing. Right. You know, but you don't all those fancy gadgets. They're fun. Um my friend and I had the um Key Tech or what is that? The the thing that makes the stick man. You know the oh, um, SLS
2: just, camera? Like,
3: yes, we had that. Um I did a Zumba class at a haunted location. <laughs> uh, I think it was Wolf Creek in Oregon. Uh-huh. And that was about, oh, yeah. that was yeah that was like twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. And um we rented. Uh, we didn't rent it out. Nobody was there at the time because it was during COVID. And I did a Zoom Zumba on Zoom, and then um, we had that, you know, that camera, and we got a lot of results with that. Okay, but, and wow. that's fun and cool.
1: That'd be really cool to all, see.
3: Yeah, that was that was a fun one. Um, so, like I said, as long as you just know your basics, know who to go for, go or. Uh, know who to go to if you need a resource, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then also how to protect yourself. That's super important. And then also to, you know, you don't want to be dis- disrespectful either, right. you know?
2: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense actually. And, um, you know, cause I've heard some horror stories about, you know, people, um, going to investigate into somebody's home and then, the paranormal investigators take off and it actually makes the paranormal activity worse.
3: Yeah, exactly. So you got, you know, it's not, It and what did you do for them? Yeah, it was cool. You might've got something, but is it really about you? It's, it's right. about them, you know? It's like, I mean, you know, yeah, we like the hunt. That's why we do it. It's cool, you know, to, to get things, but, but then it's like as a person and that's what I feel like it's lost. And, and, with all these investigations and shows and things like that, I'm not saying all shows. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's what gets lost. It's all about them. It's not about like who they're hurting or maybe right. the land or native people. It's, it's, it's respecting, you know, it's respecting. Yeah.
1: So, Cause that know, gets
3: lost sometimes because everybody wants a show everybody wants to be famous. Every, you know, right. you, just, you, you want that really cool piece
1: of evidence. Happens. You know, like, you want to get that cool piece of evidence that no one else has gotten before, and, um, yeah. you know, and, but you have to think about, you know, the, the homeowners or whoever, it's like, they still have to be there after you leave, and, yes. you know, what are you yeah. leaving them with?
3: Yeah, and also these shows, too, I mean, you have to remember, and just because I've been on shows, what, what people don't understand about all these shows, they're great, and I'm not... I don't want to say one person. I don't want to say any groups, any shows. But you got to remember it is a television show. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of editing. There's a lot of, you know, they have to make these shows exciting. You know, um, there's been a couple of these um, networks, that the example, that go to the Shanghai Tunnels and they'll film and say, oh, my God, look at this. We got this and we got this. And I'm thinking, okay, really? Because I've been down there over eight years. And this is what happens all the time because this is from the door. Or this is from <laughs> – we know we're always right. down there, right? It's like, why don't you ask us? Because we'll tell you. You mm-hmm. know, this does, is not really normal. So it's like, but they have to throw things in there to make a show. Right. So just know that not every time – and you probably know this because you guys have already done investigations – sometimes a lot of times most of the time nothing is going to happen yeah but when it does like shanghai tunnels like people would come down there from the shows right they'd watch you know ghost adventures all these shows most haunted in america um mystery (laughs) yeah so they're like oh my god oh my god it's haunted they come from all over the world just to take our tours right and then nothing would happen they're like wait uh, this was boring, nothing happened. I'm thinking, it's you will not, it's not Disneyland, you can't make it happen. It happens when it happens, but it does. Things do happen, right? I have lots of experiences in there my hair being pulled, my rubber bands being pulled, and then going back to my apartment, South Waterfront, and turning on the light, and the light bulb explodes because something oh, followed me home here <laughs> all day. So, and then people seeing that. So, you know, things do happen, but they don't, they don't do it on command. Mm-hmm. You can't say, uh, it has to, you know, it, it happens when it happens. So that's how these shows are too. It's like they get, you know, it's, it, it's more believable when they don't get a lot of things because that's right. usually what happens.
1: Well, yeah. Um, and, and we've, we've talked about on our uh, podcast before, like, you know, there'll be episodes of ghost hunters where like they really don't get any evidence at all yeah and it's like well this is like uneventful and boring but I think those are really important episodes to include um yeah because it's not always super exciting
3: yeah and they get a lot of crap for that and what's sad about that is it's really true I mean a lot of times It's not some of these shows, which I'm not going to mention, they get something every time and they over exaggerate. But that's what makes the show. Right. I mean, that's what, you know, is entertainment. So what's sad about that is when these shows first came out and when, you know, people started getting, you know, groups formed, it was it was about just, you know, giving, getting evidence. Now it's just like for show it's, it's all like entertainment, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's kind of sad really. Um, because that's not how it started, but you know, unfortunately a lot of these shows don't have a choice because it's either that it's either editing or that, or they're, they don't have a show right? and they rather have a show. So, and and that's what's hard is um, the producers, the editors, I mean, they call the shots. These networks call the shots.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So, um, you know, um, and it, I, I've been, tr- I've turned down so many offers. You guys don't even know how many offers I've turned down because, for instance, they wanted me to be fake and run and scream. And I'm, I'm, you can ask anybody <laughs> that's investigated with me. I always go in first. They always want me to go first Yeah. because I'm not scared. <laughs> so for me to, to be fake and start screaming and doing all this, I'm like, no. I mean, so, cause they were telling me, well, we need you to do this. We would want you to do this. And I'm like, that's no, because that's not who I am. Right. You know, I'm like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So. I'd rather be, you know, honest and and straightforward than, you know, having a show or being well-known or all that. Right.
1: Well, yeah, good. We definitely appreciate that. Um, And, yeah, I've seen a lot of shows where it's like, you know, there's just all this, you know, manufactured drama and... um,
3: yeah,
1: it's it's just like you know I I'm a scientist you know in real life aside from being a podcaster like I do um, like wildlife biology like field science and stuff and um, so I really like the the process of mm-hmm. you know doing science like collecting data yeah. and then. Going over the data to figure out what it could mean, you know, like that's what I like, you know, and um, so I, I look at, you know, paranormal investigation in the same way, you know, yeah. it, there's science and then there's drama and crap. And, you know, as much as I love drama, you know, it has a time and a place, I think.
3: Well, and I think in my situation, to be fair, I think I caused a lot of the drama. I think, you know, I, look back, <laughs> I, you know, I, I wanted to be well-known. And the reason why I wanted to be well-known is because I didn't have a lot of money. And then I knew if I got picked up by a show or got, I feel like something's just walked by. That was weird. Mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, that was the way I would get funding. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I did the tutu things. And I did the... But I, I wanted to my goal was to help people to do more yeah. of the home investigations that was my now it's the area everybody wants to go to different areas but mine at the time was you know going to businesses and homes and I. that's where it was at because I've always had jobs I'm a fitness instructor i a dental assistant I've always had jobs where I help people mm-hmm. and so you know tour guide same thing I love people I love you know Uh, sharing. I love history. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Um, and so, you know, that was, that was what I did, but I knew that, you know, to be different was good because I'd be, you know, I'd be more noticed. And this group that I created, it started getting stupid and crazy. And and it, it was like, almost like comical, which was fun, but it was just, it start getting really competitive and, mm-hmm. and a lot of bickering and fighting because it does change you. You know, I mean, I told you guys, I won't mention his name, <laughs> but I did date a, a ghost hunter for a year and, you know, I, I see what it does to you, yeah. you know, personally. Um, and you don't, you're not who you are anymore. Um, and so, especially with people that get on these shows and then all of a sudden they're not on a show anymore, Mm -hmm. and and, you know it's like all of a sudden it's over you know and and you don't know what to do with yourself you don't know how to act anymore and when I say act you don't know how to be yourself anymore right so um it's just it's just there's a lot to it but I have to say though I I miss a good investigation I love you know pictures I love um you know, I love trigger objects a lot. I always used to work with a lot of, in the tunnels, we used to do that, too. We used to get old poker chips and cards and, you know, and, like, do the whole, like, you know, have trigger objects. Mm-hmm. So, or, you know, um, we had old um, boots at the Shanghai Tunnels that were, it was actually pretty sad. It was from the, the men that were Shanghai'd. Right. And so we'd keep it in this trunk, and then we we'd have to lock it up every night because to protect it, it was like a museum, basically yeah, um so we'd use that as a trigger object and and then we had the gel cells down there, um which we would sit in, you know, I would go into we had these that were found down there. they were holding cells for breaking a woman's spirit, basically oh. and what they <laughs> do kind of like when I was trafficked it was kind of the same concept. It was called white slavery at the time, but they would put a woman in this closet like cell and it was called breaking a woman, meaning that they wouldn't let her out. She could scream and get everything out and know that she would never be able to leave. Um, And so sometimes, you know, we would do investigations and I would sit in there or somebody would sit in there. So, you know, I, I, to be weird, that's what I kind of miss is those trigger kind of objects, yeah. you know? Yeah, that, that was kind of cool.
1: Wow, <laughs> I did not know about that part of the Shanghai Tunnels history.
3: Yeah, oh yeah. You never took, take, took an, uh, had taken a tour down there? No.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. No,
3: well, I have no longer. They opened up a news section before Michael passed away, and I don't no. know if they started up with tours or maybe another company did because we were nonprofit, which Mm -hmm. we were proud of. So meaning we would charge for tours, but all the money would go to, we'd call them work parties and we would do digs and, and, uh, preserve the tunnels.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: And so ours was a, a nonprofit, um, you know, uh, Cascade Geographic Society, which uh, Michael had found,
0: because
3: mm-hmm. he found tunnels when he was only six years old.
1: Wow. So,
3: yeah. So, um, you know, that's, but then other, you know, people, other businesses would try to do the same kind of thing we would do, but they would charge for a profit, and ours yeah. was not for profit. Um, and then um, before Michael passed away, and when I quit, I believe they, we started, um you know, uh, digging a new section of the underground. Um, and so, um, I was, I, I was a little bit involved with that. I did help with that. And then, um, I quit, um, after it just got too much for me, Mm -hmm. uh, with the normal and just human trafficking. And then with my ex-boyfriend It just, I needed out. So, um, I know, I think a different company took that over, but what's sad is the true tunnels, the true brick, the artwork was all under Hobos, which is now no more. Yeah, and so um, a lot of that is is you can't go there anymore, which is kind of sad to me because yeah. my most big thing was to preserve it for everybody, and so everybody can learn about the history. Right. We had a museum, everything. So.
1: It, it's a really important part of the history of Portland. So yeah, it is.
3: And it wasn't always glamorous. I mean, Portland had a dark side.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, yeah.
3: You know, um, after the gold rush, I mean, the gold rush is what did it in the mm-hmm. 1800s. You know, basically the underground was built for not Shanghai. It was built to move merchandise through mm-hmm. to the waterfront. And that's because back in the day, there was no pavement. It was all rocky. It was rough. It rained all the time. Mm -hmm. So these businesses had that underground where they can move merchandise through to the ships. Mm -hmm. Well, when the rush happened, that's when all shit shit hit the fan, basically. Because now, nobody wanted to work on these ships. Everybody wanted, or or the docks, whatever, they all wanted to get gold Mm -hmm. and head. Alaska California so these sailor I mean these sea captains were desperate and back in the day saloons were everywhere that's where people learned about work Mm
0: -hmm. that's
3: where guys hung out Um, like Michael used to say there was a saloon it was like Starbucks at every corner right that's how (laughs) and so they knew that and that's when they started like working with these businesses and say hey let's build these trap doors let's have a system where we can get these men because in Portland a lot of these guys came to work they were transits they were you know roamers drifters dreamers so to them being gone for a long time and a lot of these guys did not come back and they were very young yeah very so you know there's you know Portland you know I mean everybody says that that didn't really a lot of people will say that didn't happen You know, Shanghai never happened in Portland. We were number one in the nation. Uh, San Francisco was number two in Mm -hmm. the nation for Shanghai. Um, But, you know, people don't like to admit things like that. So, you know, they always say it happened. But we have the evidence with all the artifacts and all that, you know. um, I just posted on my Facebook, um, one of the guys that used to do tours with me, his great-grandfather was a Shanghaier. Oh, and wow. his cousin helped build the Portland Underground. Wow. And every time he would come, shit would hit the fan paranormal wise. Always oh, something happened. I, I always liked when Danny came
2: because always I knew something was gonna happen. Oh, that's crazy. Because uh, I'm assuming his uh descendant, um, they would kind of focus on him a little bit as you am or your grandpa got me in here. Yeah, I was-
3: we would, it was Dennis and I, Dennis was one of the other tour guides they, we had a couple tour guides that weren't into the paranormal. They were more in the history, which I was too, um, that they didn't really like to talk about the paranormal too much because that's not how Shane High Tunnels got started. Right. It was never about paranormal. It was about history. Yeah. Um, and so the paranormal just came because it just came, you know? Right. So, um, but anytime it was Dennis, which, um, he's probably going to listen to this. Uh, it was Dennis and, and I and Danny, and it, things that always happen. When we'd get together, we're like, okay,
2: let's, let's do it, whatever. <laughs> like the unholy triumvirate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we had a museum. We had artifacts.
3: We had um, – and then when that happened to me with human trafficking, Michael decided to really bear down and use the money that we made for the museum to um, have the money go to um, human trafficking awareness um, oh, that's, training. That's so awesome. that, that money went to there. So, and I have to thank Zach Bagans for that because he really helped with that. He, he and um, Officer Bigford really, um, really helped me a lot. Um, and, um, you know, just with human trafficking awareness um, really helped a lot. Yeah, I just have to say that.
2: Yeah, and that's actually kind of sad that, you know, the Shanghai tour should be about the fact that this was about human trafficking, and then the paranormal Uh, ended up It was sad. And then after that, then
3: the Chinese also were forced underground, right? Mm -hmm. Because they were discriminated against. So after Shanghai stopped, because, you know, when World War, what is it, two, three? What am I trying to say? When that (laughs) happened, that's when Shanghai Tunnels stopped. Yeah. And then when, you know, the Chinese lived in Portland, they were forced underground. They were discriminated against Mm -hmm. and. You know, and then a lot of shady operations were happening down there, like surgeries, like Whoa. just crazy, crazy stuff. So it never really stopped yeah. when things happened down there.
1: Wow. That's wild. Yeah.
3: A lot of history. Portland has, I worked at Pittock Mansion as well. Oh, nice. Um Things me back there. Yeah, I worked there four years um, as I was going to school, and I was volunteering. It's so funny. People see me at Pittock Mansion, they're like, didn't I just see you doing a <laughs> tour? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, because I was so big in my community, you know. Right. Like, I I saw you at Piddock Mansion. I go, yeah, I work in the you... museum store there. That's you so know? cool. So, so yeah, did you have... So I know a lot of history.
1: Did you have uh, paranormal experiences at Piddock Mansion?
3: I did. Uh, you know, there was not a lot. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it was so funny because... You know, I would always read the stories and I'm like, God, that never happened to me. But there's a couple of <laughs> things that would happen regularly. Oh, wow. Um, so a lot of us had to close, you know, close it down. I worked at, actually in the museum store. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't work in the main part. It was like a little side carriage at the time. Right. And but I would have to go in there. My boss was there. We would have our lunches in there. And I was in, in charge, if I had to close, I had to turn all the lights off and it took, there was literally 150 lights. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, so I'd have this special key and I'd have to walk backwards because that was our training that that's when we know all the lights are off.
0: Right. And so
3: anyway, there was a beautiful photograph of Henry and Georgiana um, on their wedding day. Mm-hmm. And they were so young. He was like 30. She was like, what? 13, 14. It was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a picture on the mantle and sometimes it'd be just gone. And I'm just like, where's the picture? And then, you know, thinking I'm crazy. Like, of course I am, (laughs) but you know, like, wait, what's going on? And then we'd go back and the picture was there. It'd come back. So it would disappear and then come back again. So that was one thing that would happen a lot that I could see. But as far as like having like weird feelings or seeing ghosts or, you know, I, I never got I never got that feeling there. And mm-hmm. I'm really usually things I always sense when something's going on. Right. And I would never I think anything, one time we were talking about Nina and I was working in this store and a handbag flew from this shelf and almost hit me. Oh. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> that well, <wow>. was weird. <laughs> But, Yeah, we even we got to even investigate the carriage. You know, the carriage house below mm-hmm. uh, where the chauffeur or the gardener lived. Um, we did an investigation there, and I we never got anything in yeah. there. Not that nothing ever happens, but we never got
1: anything.
3: Right? Because they, they let us investigate because I got to work there, so we got to do like crazy things. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah.
2: So um, wow. You have an amazing story. Yeah. Crazy. There's so many.
3: There, There is this so crazy, like, you know, like I said, it was this like when we would, I most of my experiences ghost hunting was always had to do with the Shanghai tunnels because we also had a property in Mount Hood area near Brighton. Do you guys know where that is? Mm-hmm. Brighton. And it has that dairy queen on the way to Mount Hood. Mm-hmm. You know, that Dairy Queen. So in back of there, there was an old loggers camp that Michael owned. And um, it was also tied in with the Cascade Geographic Society. And it was old buildings that were still there from the loggers camp. And we got to stay there and investigate. We would do, like, huckleberry festivals there, things like that, to raise money. And uh, things would happen there. We got to investigate there. And crazy, like, I saw this. um, It it was crazy. It was like a, a... like a pilgrim girl, which I ended up playing cookie, which was one of them. But I actually saw her and we all saw her and we all got a picture of her. It was really crazy. So, um, yeah, I'm a little boy in suspenders we saw. And I I saw that with my own eyes and that was, that was really crazy. But most of my experiences were in the tunnels Mm -hmm. too. I would say probably 80%. Um, you know, a lot of times we get drunk people that would take the tours, you know, mm-hmm. like be downtown and then go take a tour. And one couple had to be a little disrespectful and make it out and not listening to Michael. And I was we always had somebody watch the tunnel from the back and the front so nobody would get lost. Cause you can get lost down there. Yeah. And it's pitch black. you have never seen pitch black like you have seen the tunnels. It's pitch black. Um, and, uh, they were making out being disrespectful and I was kind of clowning around, kind of pissed off at really about it. And so I took my flashlight and I shined above where they were making out and remember it's pitch black. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a, a, a figure, a demon figure above them. And I'm like, what, what am I seeing? And it was Whoa. all like misty black and green. And I looked at the other tour guide with my flashlight and she mouthed, I'm seeing the same thing. And uh, yeah, that it was trying to get their energy, probably from them making out. Trying to get energy from them.
1: Oh wow! But it
3: was crazy. Yeah, just weird stuff. We have an opium den, uh, opium den down there mm-hmm. um, that we would get capture pictures um, because there were uh, two opium dens down there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? Wow. This <laughs> and wow. Uh, also on alicia um you know i i want to say again i really appreciate you doing this interview with us because if you know you kind of got away from this field because some of it is like dealing with the attachments and dealing with all the you know the kind of backbiting competitiveness of the biz and all that kind of stuff i sincerely hope that you know nothing happens because of you interviewing with us i would absolutely hate it if anything that we did would cause any harm to you
3: you know i am really strong in my faith you know i'm catholic i'm very i'm christian i you know i i'm you know i'm okay i know i i had to get therapy for years (laughs) i got therapy i literally had to You know, it's almost like an alcoholic how you have steps. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd get flashbacks. I would see something and it trigger or, you know, something with Mike's boyfriend or, you know, or or Michael or, you know, Michael's death triggered a lot for me. You Mm -hmm. know, that was really unexpected for me in 2020. And we never really got to say goodbye. We didn't leave on good terms because I left. He didn't want me to leave. And so, you know, a lot of things started coming back that I just, you know, prayed about and, you know, I, you know, I'm not saying I'll never investigate again. It's just something that, you know, I, I've just kind of moved on a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I always want to be there for people and maybe be a resource or a tool, you you know, uh, if anybody has any issues or problems, they can always go to me. Same thing with, um, uh human trafficking survivors or somebody that is in inside right now. Um but I actually had to stop that. I was I um I did volunteering for that, but it started getting to me a little bit. Yeah. So um, you know I had to kind of stop that. But I, I will always be there for people and help people. But I I do miss the investigations. I do miss um, you know, the pictures um, the the things I capture on um, our recorders, mm-hmm. um, and then also trying to figure things out, like what is causing this, you know. So. Right.
1: Wow. Um. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's all we can say is wow. Yeah, wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's so many,
3: there's so many stories. I, I'm really excited for you guys, you know, because I think you guys have a good head on your shoulders. I think that you understand really what happens, you know, what, you know, what's real and what's not, mm-hmm. you know. Thank um, you. And also believable and what's not. I mean, it's. Like, I always say, you know, it's common sense. You use your head. Yeah. You know, if something seems a little bit too. You know, know, like, you're like, go, you know, go go with your gut, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's another thing that I've learned, you know, with this whole thing and all the experiences I had to deal with and good, good and bad is I never really listened to myself. I always, you know, just did whatever, you know, whatever, you know, made somebody else happy or, you know, that I wanted it so bad that I would just do anything to get it. Mm -hmm. And I now that i listen to myself and listen to my gut it's it's better like when you asked me to do this you know i have to be honest i was like thinking about "Ah, i haven't done this in a long time is this is this like you were saying is this going to trigger anything but you know I don't I really don't mind talking about it it's like if it's helping somebody that's great if not that's great too but it's just my experiences
0: Mm -hmm.
3: um I'm very blessed that a lot of people were with me during the experiences because I feel like it's more believable you know oh yeah and you said I'm telling you happened on my own and what's sad about that is it's not you know it's only my story you know um but, you know, I really tell people to really try to watch that episode that I was in. I, I was in a couple, actually three or four, but the one that I talk about human trafficking um, and, you know, the paranormal, even though things were turned around, like the, the guy that played my trafficker was older, and actually my trafficker was very young.
0: <laughs>
3: mm. um, and also um, that he was also gay, and, you know, it doesn't talk about you know, the real story. Someday I'd love to tell you guys about the whole, what happened. No. Um, Cause that's another story in itself. But so Absolutely. if you watch that episode, it still touches on what can happen. So even though they had to, you know, twist things around a little bit, but,
0: um, okay. yeah. And you, it's,
2: wait it, a second, to go back to what you said earlier. I think I got this right. You got in trouble for sharing your story, even though it was, like was there was a backlash for
0: you? Oh yes.
2: What happened was um, when I did that episode, which was in
3: I think it was uh, 2016, 2017. I can't remember really. But um, when when I was asked to do that, Michael and I were asked to fly to Vegas to film that with
0: Zach
3: um, for a show. He had an aftershock show, um, and it's basically touching on like. The investigations they had done, like what had it happened after, like right. what was the fallout? Are they still having issues? Whatever. Well, Michael had told, um, I think it was Jeff Bollinger because you know I haven't seen him in a long time, but it, he was a he did all the um, uh, research for Travel Channel at the time for the show, and so they found out what had happened to me. And so I hadn't even told my parents. Nobody really knew. Just, I think, just as, you know, Michael knew his wife and, and um, my ex boyfriend that I told you guys about, mm-hmm. uh, just a handful of people knew. And I didn't really want anybody to know. And um, so they promised that they would protect my identity. They called me Barbara. Now it's out, so I don't really care. But they called me Barbara. They, you know, change my voice, but if you guys see it, you'll clearly know it's me. Cause you can kind of tell,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, but, um, they thought they were, you know, the editing was good. Well, they told me that they would let Michael and I see the end result before they aired it. And I found out from my ex-boyfriend that they were airing it and we all had no idea. Whoa. And so people figured it out and they, my trafficker was still alive at the time. And I don't even know how they all found out, but, um, my my friends were calling me saying, "Is this you? Was this you? This has to be you." Um, I was getting phone calls, reporters, just all these people
1: calling mm-hmm. me,
3: and I was spiraling out of control. Like I had no idea that they were going to air it because I I last we heard that they were going to air it. Yeah, and so um, it was very traumatizing. They shot up the Shanghai tunnels uh, museum. There were bullet holes in there. It was it was. Crazy craziness! No. I was just out of, control. I was just spiraling out of control. And you know, I mean, it's done. It's uh, in a way, you know, it's over and it's fine. And you know, if it helps somebody, it helps somebody. But you know, it was just the whole situation was weird. You know. Yeah, that's that's it, it not just,
1: really the right yeah. way they, to do that.
3: Yeah, yeah. And when they edit, you got to remember that. You know, I'm sitting there talking, and I'm like. Hey, they took out that part and then added another thing I said. So right. it, it, it sounds, and I'm not talking about just the show. I'm talking about in general. But, so it takes it out of context. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like, this happened, but not really. This didn't happen this way. So mm-hmm. um, after that had aired, I got to be on a couple radio shows. And I was able to um, talk about what really happened. You know, like in its entirety.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, really nice because... You know, there were so many questions like, why didn't she go to the police? Um, she did this for attention. She's an actress. She this didn't really happen. Ugh. And so there was just a lot of questions. And and I was called a slut. I was called a whore. I was called like people were like left me mean messages. It was awful. <laughs> it was
1: awful. Jeez, I'm so sorry yeah. that you had to go through all that.
3: Yeah. No, it was you know because remember it was it's a it's a show, but. You know, on the other side of it, you know, it was a long time ago and, you know, I mean, people said that, you know, I, I also had good feedback that, you know, really helped, you know, they're going to talk to their daughters about this, you know, this mm-hmm. and when this really, when this happened to me, when I had gone to the police, they didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. And at the time they didn't believe me because they said I was too old for this to happen to, that I was too old to be human trafficking trafficked now it's it's you know things have changed we've changed laws because of it yeah and happens if they don't care how old you are they just they just if you have a look or if you can do the job that's what they worry about it's not about teenage kids I mean it is and it's about children and babies but it's also any age woman right and so um yeah so when I first went to the police they didn't believe my story because they said I was too old Mm mm-hmm This was years ago, and, you know, it's changed now. But, yeah, so um, I went through a lot. (laughs) And, um, you know, but I think it was my path. Like, I told you how it started, you know, with the people calling me names when I was little, and I disgraced my family. And I think this was a path and how I talked about it for years, and then it happens to me,
0: Mm
3: -hmm. you know. So it's like this, you know, it was a path that I must have had to go through, you know. I learned a lot of really good lessons,
2: bad and good lessons.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. thanks for talking about all that. Um, Yeah. You know, Sophie and I really make it a point to, you know, like, this is supposedly a paranormal podcast, but we kind of talk about everything, you know, just whatever comes up in our lives. and. You know, we talk a lot about
0: um,
1: like mental health and we've talked about sexual assault and all sorts of things because we want to normalize these conversations and, um, you know, get people talking about their experiences. Um, and that includes paranormal experiences, too, because there's still a lot of stigma around, you know, having experiences. and. Um, but we want,
3: Absolutely. I think Nina probably, you know, I look back at it and I think Nina for me was my protector. I think it was when you are going through so much trauma in your life, you get, it gets sick. Your mind gets sick. Yes. It does. It gets yes. confused. Sick. And I think that when I was filming and going through a divorce and all this other drama with the groups and I think that that's what triggered it. I think I, I kind of, I wasn't making good decisions. Mm -hmm. I met this guy, you know, I lost all my friends because of the divorce and this whole show, the paranormal team that i lost. And so I was just looking for, you know, some comfort. I was looking for some, somebody to take care of me because I was married for so long. I didn't know how to take care of myself. And so I met this guy, made the wrong choices, trusted this guy, and he groomed me, basically. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, well, you were so old. Like, I don't understand how you could not get this. But when you're not well already, yeah, you, you, you don't pay attention to things. And I'm very trusting,
0: mm-hmm. and
3: that, you know, they look for people like that. They're going through – in my case, I was going through a college um, – you know, for dental assisting, it was a a career college. Mm -hmm. And so the trafficker that, that trafficked me, you know, that was his specialty. There's, there's all these different kinds of traffickers that go into different places. Some are colleges, some are schools, some are um, places, airports, even, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody that's lost or whatever. In my case, it was they were targeting older women that were starting over with their lives. Because I was starting over. Right, and that's
1: such a vulnerable
3: time. Yeah, all of a sudden, I I, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never worked. You know, I was always dependent on my husband. So they look for people like that. So if you're not already well... And you're going through somebody. They they try to get somebody to trust them, and you trust them because you 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 have this need. Right. So whatever you learned when you were growing up, don't talk to strangers. Everything's out the door when you're not well. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, you know, and I I'm okay to say that I was not well. I was not well mentally. I was confused. I, you know, um, I I just was trying to find a void. I didn't have time to heal because I went through you know, a divorce, going to school, acting, I was doing Harley Davidson, I was doing restoration hardware, modeling for that store, working at Petrarch Mansion, I mean, I, I was always just trying to stay busy, so I didn't feel anything, Yeah. and so I just never, you know, so I'm glad you touched up on that, because it, it, paranormal was kind of tied in that, if you think about it, because, you know, I was getting burned and scratched, I was, you know, mm-hmm. hearing things, I was, uh, you know, going through all that. So it is paranormal. It is, you know, it has to do with the paranormal. And, you know, if you're ghost hunting and you're going through a sad part of your life, things can attach to you. Mm -hmm. Things can attach to you. And I, I really believe that that happens. Yeah. And, um, you know, and not always a good thing. It's not always a good thing. Um, I always say, be careful what you wish for. And, know how to protect yourself and just respect, Mm -hmm. respect the field. That's how we say respect the field. It's not what you see on TV. It's more than
2: that. So. But also kind of going back to what you were saying about how you were um, kind of sick at the time that it happened and whatnot. I want to say to those people who said those things about you, you know, fuck off yeah <laughs> like,
1: just, well put just
2: you know yeah. fuck off you know because like that's just more victim blaming yeah well you know debbie i don't know if you guys ever this it might have been
3: before your time i don't know if you guys ever heard of debbie Costatino, but she did um we were really pretty good friends we kept it on the low uh, she did a lot of EVP work for Travel Channel. I don't know if you guys remember, but her husband and her, they passed away. It was a murder-suicide type thing. And when that happened, that made it worse for me because she was in the process of helping me at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And But when you said that, what, what triggered me with her when you just said that, that people are, you know, call me names, and they still do to this very day. I mean, there's still people for their life. They're they're over me, you know, but um, when we were doing a thing with Travel Channel at Stanley Hotel in in Estes Park, Mm -hmm. Colorado, that's where I met uh, Debbie. And when I was doing all this stuff with PKD Paranormal, she goes, what are you doing? Why are you with these people? This is this is this is not you. You know, like they're like calling you names behind your back. What's going on here? You know, you're better than that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So when you said that, it just kind of triggered, like, be yourself. Be your, you know, you know what happened. And that's okay if nobody wants to believe you or call you names. It's. You know, I'm a lot stronger than I was, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's really hard. That's another thing that's hard. Not that I was an actress or anything. I was basically a reenactment actress, really. And even when I did Grim on NBC, I was a body double, so I was never really an actress. Mm-hmm. But um, another thing in this field is you—you know—if you you, know, if you're, you have a paranormal group, people are going to call you out. People are going to say things about you. That's just—that's part of the business, too. Yeah. Um,
2: but but it, you know what they it, say. Yeah, haters are just <laughs> jealous fans. <laughs> yeah. You definitely have a
3: thick skin, and. You know, I, I say I have a thick skin, but maybe I don't because it still kind of bothers me sometimes, you know, mm-hmm, um, right. but, you know, being a fitness instructor, same thing, you know, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't like you or like mad at you or, you know, it's just like, yeah. it is, you know, it is what it is, but, you know, I'm, I'm really proud. I don't have any regrets. I know that sounds bad, but I've learned a lot. I feel like I had to go through all this mm-hmm. to learn um, you know, learn what the true, true values of life is and be true to yourself and be honest with yourself. And, and, um, but you know, I, I, I was guilty. I tried everything to get in this field and get a show and, you know, whatever I had to do that I knew wasn't right, you Mm -hmm. know? So I am not like totally innocent, you know? Um, but you know, I just learned a
0: lot. So, But I
3: do miss investigations. That was great. I'll, when I come to Portland to visit my friends, um, I do that with Ellie Fitness. I'll go and teach, and we should all get together and do something. Oh, like
1: yeah. Series. Oh, my God. I would love that. <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah, I, I have friends, friends that know a lot of good places that, that it's hard to get into, that I could probably get you into.
1: Oh, so. my God. Yes, <laughs> yes. A million times yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty pleased. Oh, we we'll get together. We'll get together.
1: Yes. Oh my God. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would love I would absolutely love that. And um, you know, I actually um I don't know, have you heard that the Hawthorne Theater is haunted?
3: Yeah, that's been that's been known for a long time.
2: That's been really yeah,
3: yeah. So you know what is a good place that you guys should go and stay, and it's super haunted. Actually, it was really scary. So I started another team. Um, it was called Haunted Sleepovers, and it was with Michael P. Jones. Um, he wanted it was only strictly for Shanghai tunnels,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, and I made it the Eagles Nest. You guys know where that is in North Portland?
1: No, it,
3: it's the oldest. It's the oldest. They do like. Um, is it called Eagles Nest? I'm sure it is. It's where they. You know, it's a saloon, but you could stay in, in the hotel and it has like three rooms mm-hmm. and like sixty dollars to stay in there. I'll look it up and send it to you guys.
2: Okay, that sounds
3: familiar. That, that was the most scariest investigation, Uh yeah, that I've ever, and I'll, I could tell you guys be, you know, behind yeah, the scenes too. But oh, yeah, wow. that that's that's a good one for you to say. But as far as the, the theater, I've never. Tiny investigation there, but it's
2: been um, that's been Mm haunted for a long time. Okay, because I talked to other people about it, and um, and I looked on the Hawthorne Theaters website, and um, nobody ever mentioned anything about it being haunted, but yet (laughs) I had they
3: won't. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Businesses don't want that to be known. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they people can say it's haunted, but then some businesses don't want to be known for that.
0: You know, right. I mean, yeah. in
3: Wyoming, same thing where I was, um, I was working at the spa there and there is a haunted location. And the owner said, yeah, go and investigate. But I don't because we were trying. I was going to, you know, there. my friend wanted me to get, you know, travel channel down there, which I could but i was there the owners didn't want that
2: kind of publicity
3: mm-hmm. so you know sometimes people don't want to be known for that
2: yeah that's fair um yeah i was just curious because yeah i had two paranormal experiences back to back when i was there and i was just and then i started looking into it and thinking oh i'd love to go do an investigation there and i knew that they were on lockdown during covid Right, but that you could reserve the place for uh, uh-huh. a pretty penny. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I, I'd be willing to pay for it if I could do it, if I could investigate it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, you know, and some businesses, they're fine with that and some aren't, you know, they'll tell you they don't like that kind of stuff, you know. So it's like when I went to the, when we did the Eagle's Nest, I think it's called, Eagles, Eagles, something. I don't know. I, I have to. White Eagle.
1: Oh, the White, White Eagle? Eagle? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, so that's part of the Shanghai tunnels. They have a tunnel, they have a ground down there.
1: Okay. And
3: there's a new Michael, and they allowed us to stay there. And it was the most creepy. It was terrible. And it was so funny because, you know, like when you watch those shows, you know, everything happens. To me. Everything, you know, uh-huh. everything's dark happen. And in this case, it happened like at five, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning.
1: Whoa.
3: You know what I mean? It's just like it's so funny with those shows. It's like, oh, it's at night. But mm-hmm. scary. But like not necessarily can happen during the day. Yeah. It can happen during the morning. But in this case it happened in the morning. And what I liked about this group I was in is we didn't want them to tell us any areas that were haunted we because we didn't want that in our heads Mm -hmm. Oh, because that's haunted place so what we did is we would stay in these places and we tell them don't tell us where everything is and then we would investigate and then we would find stuff and then go over with the owner what we found and they're like well this was haunted this this happened here so it was it was crazy that was that great guys need to spend the night there it
0: okay was,
3: <laughs> it's insane and it's funny because we were kind of pissed at the time because you know the bar was happening so it's it's so noisy you know we're like okay we can't get anything because you know we could say we hear something but then it could be the bar people downstairs.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: things really happened was when the bar shut down that's when things started happening
1: that's so cool
3: so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I have to try that. Yeah. I'll let you know what happened. It was not good. It was actually <laughs> scary to tell people. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was it was insane. But maybe we can have you on again sometime and then you can tell us. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I have
3: so many. But I, another thing that you guys you guys maybe have learned it already is the more that you investigate, the more that you start like you're you're open minded now, so you, you pay attention more.
0: Mm-hmm. So
3: you're apt you're apt to really maybe capture something because you're paying attention. Like my ex boyfriend that was in the paranormal, that I talk about. One thing that he said, and I never thought about it before, but he 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 knew what he was talking about when he said, "You know, people never look up. Do you notice that nobody really looks up at the sky all day, right? Things,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know." Nobody, everybody looks either straight ahead to the side or in back of them, or not, not even really in back of them, but nobody ever looks up. Hmm. So there's a lot of things that happen up there that we just don't pay attention to. Yeah. And he's, you know, when, when we do investigations together, he was like, you know what, that's what people don't pay attention. They don't keep an open mind. They don't, you know, now the more that you investigate, you're, you're more aware mm-hmm. of your service. And it's so true. The more you investigate, the more you probably will capture things because you, you know, you'll pay attention more. And, you know, he had a point to that, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because it's like you're probably kind of almost kind of honing your, not only your skills, but also your senses in a way too. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Where it can be bad and good though.
2: It could be bad and good, but,
3: um, you know, um, You just, like I said, it's like, you just, you just, it's, it's, I always say this too. Like I told you from the beginning of this um, podcast, I was like, you know, you just gotta like, listen to yourself and have some like common sense, Mm -hmm. you know, common sense and listen to yourself, listen to your gut feeling. If you have hair standing in the back of your neck or you're like, I re like, like you know, pay attention to that. That's when you want to snap your pictures. I'll tell you that right now. That's Mm -hmm. when I get the best pictures. You guys is when I have like, if I have a feeling and I start getting goosebumps and I don't feel right, I start taking my pictures everywhere Mm -hmm. and that I capture things. I'll have to be honest. That's when I know that something's not right and I'll just start taking pictures everywhere or I'll, I'll get my EVP recorder out and I'll start asking questions mm-hmm. but sometimes like the shanghai tunnels i you know we would open them like sometimes i'd be the only one right and i could go down there and walk in the dark right because it's pitch dark i wouldn't even know because i didn't know where everything is there's times i can go down there turn on the lights everything's fine there's times when i can barely get down there because i'm so scared
1: whoa
3: and I, I you know so that's when you know that something's wrong you mm-hmm. know what i mean but that's when I say that's when you want to get your flashlights out or you want to get your camera, you want to do your, you know, EVP recessions or what have you, is when you have those feelings, mm-hmm. that's a good time to do that. My opinion, those are my two cents.
1: No, that's great. I mean, it makes perfect sense. You know, if you're like really tuned in to your surroundings and like really paying attention, then, you know, your body will tell you.
3: Oh yeah. And see people just ignore it. They don't pay attention to that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Unless unless you've been doing this for a while and then you start understanding, hey, something's not right mm-hmm. or shouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? So but people, you know, don't pay attention. And that's why the more you do it, the more you start, you know, it's experience too. Yeah.
1: It's
3: just so I'm excited for you guys though.
0: Thank you. Thank you
3: remember, I remember how how it was when I first started, like getting, kind of getting more into it, you know,
0: mm-hmm. it gets
2: more exciting. It's almost the like kill. <laughs>
3: You're a hunter. You're a hunter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that last part.
3: Oh, I said, I will send you guys some pictures, some really amazing, and also one at Piddock Mansion, too. Oh, cool. I, I have oh. Yeah. So when I moved to, so I lived in Portland for 35 years and, uh, I left after COVID cause you know, it, it was just tough for me after COVID. Mm-hmm. And, um, I went to paddock mansion to say goodbye. And my stepdad, my stepdad really quick, he loves goes hunting with me. He's like my dad I have two dads. I have a gold miner dad. And then I have my dad that's a drone. He's a commercial drone pilot is what he does. <laughs> and, uh, Every time he's with me, even the first time I investigated, which was in early 2000, he always captures things. He even captured a picture of Michael getting strangled by an arm that I still have. have, That's actually in our museum tunnels, in our tunnel museum. Um, But he went with me uh, to pack me up and, you know, to move back to Idaho and We went to Piddock Mansion, and I just kind of wanted to say goodbye to everything, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was in the outside by the window, and I took a – my dad – I call him my dad. He's my stepdad, too. He took a picture, a couple pictures of me looking through the window, and I was sitting um, on the bench. And in this picture, it was really weird. One picture they took – because he took several – was it looked like a black tunnel in the window and then you see an angel on the top like way in the back of the tunnel we tried to debunk it because I made my dad take a couple more pictures and Mm -hmm. we couldn't capture it again but I'll send that to you guys it was crazy
1: thank you so much
3: yeah it's crazy he always takes the best pictures I don't know what he doesn't even mean to he just like (laughs) stupidly takes pictures um yeah, the most famous picture, and I believe that that's on The Most Haunted, is my dad's picture. Um, when Michael was giving a tour, and my dad came down for the first time. He'd never seen the tunnels, and this was years ago. And Michael was giving a tour, my dad was down there, my stepdad that I told you about. And back then, it was just digital cameras back then. Nobody really used their phones that much. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad, and Michael started choking and he was giving this tour by the, the jail cell, and he was choking. And then my dad, instead of helping him, my dad takes pictures of him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. So then Michael's fine. He stops choking, right? And he's done. And, you know, he's fine, and we never talked about it again. So my dad goes back to Idaho with my mom and he's on the uh, computer and he's downloading all these pictures that he took right, right of the tunnels and everything and you know we didn't even expect he wasn't looking for anything you know just thought it was cool
0: mm-hmm.
3: so my mom's sitting there at the chair and my dad like leaves for a minute and my mom sees the picture and she's freaking out she's like dad get in here what what is this what is this so you you see Michael giving a tour and you see a hand around his neck with a long arm Oh my and God. then you see ears in the background. And so That's we nuts. were like, okay. Yeah. And back then you didn't, you couldn't really um, fix your pictures. There's not really a lot of Photoshopping. Yeah. So, you know, like now you can do anything to a picture. You can meet, you even look like a ghost if you mm-hmm. wanted to. So anyway, we, we went back there after everything and we tried to take pictures and try to like do the same thing and we could never capture it. Um, But anyway, so we talked to Michael and I called Michael and I said, oh my gosh, I go, "Um," well, I talked to his wife actually. He was not available. He was in another tour and I said, I have this picture that I want to show you and she was freaking out. And so I talked to Michael and he goes, you know what's weird about that? He goes, something was choking me. And I said, I know because you were stuttering. Mm-hmm. And he said, Yeah, it was like choking my throat. And then he said, It just kind of went away. So yeah, we st- I still have that picture, and it's in our the the
2: original is in the um, Shanghai Tunnels Museum. that my So dad maybe took. maybe your dad did save him actually by taking yeah, that picture. Weird. Yeah. Who knows?
3: It was weird. Yeah, it was. You know, it, it, it was very scary for Michael, but he said it was just, it made sense, but it was, we tried everything to recreate that picture because, you know, there is a lot of metal down there, um, because of the pipes mm-hmm. that go to the business. And so we thought, oh, okay, it's, it's a pipe. It looks like a long arm. You know, we tried, right. we tried to, to, to debunk that, you know? And then, um, yeah, my dad always captures. Them. I don't know how he does it. Wow! Even yeah. at the old um, penitentiary in Idaho that Ghost Adventures went to, we went down there and took pictures, and my dad captures an inmate in the in the doorway. Like you could clearly tell, it's a, it's an inmate standing there.
1: Man, you know, he has he took some good luck multiple. with pictures.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always, he always takes the best, and he doesn't even try. So, anytime that he wants to go with us to investigate, we're like, "Oh, please go!" We went to Sumter. (laughs) My my good friend's own Sumter. If you guys ever want to go, let me know because my friend owns it. You know, Sumter, Oregon. There's the bed and breakfast. No, Uh, no. My friends. Well, Brian is. He's been on Ghost Adventures as well. Um, he's one of my good friends. Um. He let lets us go there and investigate. He owns a old uh hotel. It's a bed and breakfast. And um we rent he lets us rent everything out. We investigate. Oh, cool. But he's he's a really amazing guy. Yeah. I'll have to let him listen to this too. Oh yeah. But absolutely. yeah, so you guys should do a trip to Sumter, Oregon and stay at his place 'cause that's that's kinda cool.
1: Yeah. We will do that. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh stat. We need to, it sounds like. Yeah. It's called those connections, you
0: know. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Um, well, yeah. That's that's hilarious. That your dad has a gift. It's like the universe <laughs> just blessed him or something. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna be able, you know, son. When you get to Earth, you're gonna be able to take pictures of ghosts really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't even
3: try. That's what's so weird. And he had it. He had it. Um, uh, um, paranormal uh thing that happened to him when he was like in his twenties, you know, in Boise where he stayed. He said that there was a old man with a trench coat that, you know, he kept thinking he was seeing and then he found out that this guy that owned it was always very protective of the house and that was the room he was in. So he, you know, he did have some experience with this before when he was younger. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if that could be it, you know, but yeah. He's got a, some, he's been through some things, too. God, is, a,
2: a, yeah. a ghost in a trench coat. I can't think of things much creepier than yeah. that. And, well, <laughs> is the the realtor, he going to blast
3: you? Yeah, I mean, realtor told my dad, which, you know, he's my stepdad. I call him dad. But he, she even said, yeah, that's, you know, that people won't stay there because things keep happening. And so this was in Boise, Idaho. So it can happen anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but yeah, so, but every time I'm with my dad, he always captures things always like, well, you know, well, my friend and I will go do a little investigation or go to a cemetery and, you know, um, and you know, my son had an experience too. I have a a 30, 32 year old son and, uh, and he told me this later in life, you know, it's (laughs) like, everybody tells me later. Um, of course, he didn't probably want to get in trouble, but he told me he went to um, he went with his friend to a movie, and they decided to skip the movie and go to a cemetery and do bad things at the cemetery, like you know steal flowers, things like that. Yeah. I know this is my son, right? and um, so I think my son has a gift too, or, or sees things, but he. Um, he was a teenager at the time, and they went to the cemetery. and He said he stole flowers, and I'm like, "Oh God, I can't believe he did that." <laughs> so he, but he was one of those kids that always like told to on himself later, like mm-hmm. always felt bad and guilty, and always, you know, wanted to fix it. And so his parent, his the his best friend's mom picked him up from the theater, and and Justin said that he was in the back of the car by himself because the friend was sitting with his mom. They're driving back. And he said he looked, and there was an old woman in a pair of pajamas, long gray hair, going like this, like having the, the, her hand out. Because Justin had her flowers.
0: Whoa. And
3: um, Justin said he kept rubbing his eyes. I go, well, Justin, were you stone, were you drunk? He's like, no, Mom. I was like, no, I was nothing. And he kept <laughs> rubbing his eyes, and he looked, and she was still there holding out her hand. So, she, so Justin told the best friend's mom, what he had done, and please take him back to the <laughs> cemetery, so we can get back the flowers. <laughs> and so um, he said he found the grave, and it was an old woman. She died of old age, and he put it back. And he said he never saw her again. But yeah, so you know, there's things that you know. Um, a lot of my family members, actually cousins, my sister, mm-hmm. um, all had experiences. You know,
2: um, was something. So
1: wow.
2: In the family. Wow. (laughs) I don't know if you know about uh, the history of this podcast, but um, my, you know, our paranormal story, I mean, it started before I met Heather, you know, like I know I probably, yeah, I think I had an experience before I met Heather and I'm sure Heather had an experience before me, Mm -hmm. but it, uh, it really kicked off when I brought a psychic circle, aka Ouija board, over to her house, (laughs) and I didn't do any kind of, you know, prayers or closing ceremonies, because I was a 12-year-old girl, and I was just like, oh, yeah, this will be fun, you know? And, uh, yeah, and her house was haunted after that, and I didn't put two and two together until I was in my, like... No, brought it in. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And,
3: you know, it's so funny you brought that up. Um, That's one thing Michael never allowed was a Ouija word. He was so against it. And what's weird about that, you guys, is so bringing up Michael, when he passed away, he passed away the weekend after his last episode aired, which he was friends with Ozzy Osbourne and Jack Osbourne as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the time, not like really super good friends, but sometimes they'd come and visit. And um, so the last episode he was on was Porters to Hell. And I hadn't talked to Michael for like two years before that because I'd quit and it wasn't on good terms. I mean, we weren't fighting or anything. It's just, I think I hurt him a lot when I quit Mm -hmm. because he didn't want to quit. He wanted the tunnels to go on and he thought that I could carry it. And it was just a long story. But when I watched that episode... You know, they did the new, um, you know, part of the tunnels and at the end, during the reveal, they, they tell Michael that they had a Ouija board, which they showed, right? They showed the Ouija board and they're asking questions. And I saw Michael's face and he, he just was blank. And I know, cause I knew him for years. So mm-hmm. I knew, I know expressions like Like, he was trying to be okay because they're filming the show, but he was not okay.
1: Yeah.
3: And um, so when they brought that Ouija board, see, that was his big thing is um, we had psychics that did that at Shanghai Tunnels, and it brought all the shit up. Mm -hmm. It was, I mean, things were happening. Things seemed bad energy. Things were pissed. And so he was so against that. And then having these, you know, not these people. I shouldn't say that, but you know, just this happening.
0: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, like, oh great, you know, he opened up this new section, and this is happening. You know, and then he passes away that weekend after it aired. So yeah. I, you know, like, it was just weird. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah. So those Ouija boards, and you know, people argue about that. They're like, and and it does kind of make sense. They're like, okay. So, what are you doing with the EBB recorder? That's the same thing. You're inviting. You're asking questions. You're, you know, what is the difference between that and the Ouija board?
0: Mm -hmm. So,
3: I, I mean, kind of see that, you know, Um, but I always feel like it's more demon, you know, demonic or, or you know, when you use the Ouija board, it's more like, you know, I don't know. It's kind of more like demons and devil and you know things like that. Yeah, you're inviting darker stuff. It seems like more. Right. But people will argue, which, you know, it's kind of a valid point a little bit that, you know, you're using that, you know, box, you know, you're, you're asking questions, you are inviting, Mm
0: -hmm. you aren't
3: too. So it's all relatives. But yeah, you, you just got to be careful what you do. You got it. And which, and also, you know, like I said, me playing Nina, I mean, look what that did it, Mm -hmm. you know, I was so excited I get to be on a show I get a you know film and on all this you know but look what I got from it right. you know so it's you know you just gotta and I didn't know what I was doing and I was not in the right mind and you just have to be careful, but be respectful. You know, if you do an investigation, ask questions, let's go. Thank you. And, and thanks for your time. You know, we're going to go, please don't follow me home. We'll visit you, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, you can, you know, if you want to use religion, you know, with that, or say a special prayer Mm -hmm. with your group, you know, it's, it's anything, you know, and, and also being, you know, if you feel scared or if you feel sad and you're doing an investigation, try not to do investigation when you have those feelings, if yeah. you're feeling scared you know, listen to why you're scared, because you're scared for a reason. You're scared of the unknown, but you're also, you know, they like fear. If you believe in spirits and all that kind of stuff, if you believe in those kind of things, it's fear that they feed on. Mm-hmm. It's fear and so you know, if you're going through something, it's probably not a good thing to do an investigation, or right. you know, say, or you know, I mean, that's one thing that I have to say. Catherine was really amazing. She taught. Um, she she started. She was the first group to start, or the first one to start a group in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. in the 50s, 80s, I believe, 60s, maybe, um, and it was called Trails and Paranormal and I got involved with her and her group, and they did old school ways, and she started out at cleaning cemeteries, that's what she did as a volunteer, she, you know, had respect, her, her husband was in the military, so that was her thing, and she just got really involved with the paranormal, and just taught the basics, really, so she was very old school, like, had the notebook paper, and mm-hmm. wrote everything down, and <laughs> You know, she did things by the book. She didn't have all this fancy equipment. You know.
1: Yeah.
3: So, but the best—I have to say though—if you really, the best EVPs come from those old school uh, cassette, you know, Walkman cassette uh-huh. that you can record. That's that's
2: when you can capture really clear EVPs. But, yeah, I've heard of that. I heard it's because, like, some of the newfangled technology has a tendency to um, clean up the interference yeah. a little bit too much or something like that.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the old
2: VHS, you
3: know, recorders. It's the old, even the digital cameras. I, my ex-husband, or my ex-boyfriend, which you know who I'm talking about, I gave <laughs> him, like, I quit, I like, Go, mean, I gave him everything, which I kill my. I just want to, um, but I, he took my, well, he didn't take, I gave it to him, but there were the old digital uh, cameras mm-hmm. and those are the best. Those you can really capture some things with those. Nice.
2: Yeah. That's what I've yeah. heard. And the skeptics, they complain and they say, Oh, it's filmed with the potato or, you know, I can't hear it's- what you're talking yeah. about.
3: Yeah, it's really sad that, you know, like, because anybody can fake evidence now. It's really sad, because back then, when we started, because you it sounded like you started a long time ago, too, um, you know, we couldn't do that. We mm-hmm. couldn't really fake a lot of stuff, or it was harder, mm-hmm. unless we had those electronics and fancy computers, yeah. But right. we didn't have So now it's easy for, you know, and then you've got the television shows that you can just... Edit and do things.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you know, kind of sad, really, because I like the old school ways where you, you know, when you go in and really investigate, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, where you're not as reliant on technology. It's more about your own senses and
3: because yeah, we forget how to use them. Yeah, and we forget that. And even Dave Chappelle, that um, he he creates a lot of ghost equipment you know, when I met him and it was years ago when we were at Stanley hotel and he did a talk and he was even talking about that. He goes, you guys, you know, yeah, I create all this equipment, but he goes, it's your senses. So you got to pay attention to yourself. You know, mm-hmm. the old, you could still capture things with your own, your old camera and recorder,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
3: So, I mean, but the, he, you know, and it's funny because, there's so much equipment that you can buy and they're like so expensive
0: mm-hmm.
3: and they're, cool. they are cool though.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean,
3: they're cool, but <laughs> it's, it's really nice to have like, to, to know the basics before you go on. And also like the picture thing, you know, take a bunch of pictures, you know, if you have a feeling, take it, you know, listen to your recorder, you know, go back, play back or pay attention to the situation you're in, you know, mm-hmm. it's that kind of stuff. Thank you. Sometimes I don't like to know all the paranormal stuff at a location, like I did with haunted sleepovers. I liked liked that concept going in, so it's not in your head. Yeah. Yeah. And that worked too.
1: Yeah. I really like that idea of, like, just not knowing beforehand what to expect because then, like, you're more open to anything.
3: Yeah. So that's what I liked about that group. And we actually all broke up and not you know, it wasn't bad. It's just we all it's just hard when you're working and trying to get together. And yeah, and then you to go through it takes time, you know, a lot of time to go through that. And if you hurry it up, you can miss something. Yeah. So even you know, even
1: recording it, this podcast is uh challenging to to do every week, you know, and we don't do it every week, even though we want to just because like, we both work. have such busy lives. And it's hard to you know, always nail down a time, and then you know there's editing and all this stuff, and yeah. So I totally see how, especially if you know, if we had more people involved all the time, it would be even harder to get everybody yeah. at the same time. It, so
3: it it's a lot of editing. I remember Bill Tolly when he before he was really on the show he would text me and he would have a gun to his head like because of how many um like recordings he had to go through yeah like, like hours and hours oh, and hours like fall asleep and we would like laugh and you know because it was just crazy like it's hours and hours and it's not fun it's really not fun
1: oh yeah it's fun I bet it's so tedious but,
3: Yeah, most of it, you don't get anything. Mm -hmm. And so you're listening to white noise and then you get sleepy. And that's what I tell, I used to tell my, you know, when I was training um, my group how to investigate, I go, when you get tired, you need to stop because then you're going to miss something, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but then you, and then it's sad because you have to take a break and there's like, what, 14 more hours of listening to white,
2: (laughs) you know? Yeah. Not eat. Yeah, it's not easy at all. This is all great, great advice. Thank yes, you, thank so you much. so much.
1: And um, yeah, I'm
2: always here for advice if you need anything. I'm always here.
1: Thank you. That's Work. that's amazing. Oh,
2: I, uh, no, I just said fantastic. Oh,
1: I I agree. Um, yeah, so we're we're almost at two hours now. So, um, yeah.
3: If Paranormal can be talk
1: forever. Oh, I this, know. Oh. Yeah, we we just talk and talk and talk. But we've been friends since 1993, so, you know, I mean, we just we just talk Gosh. and talk and talk. So, um
3: That's awesome that you guys have been friends for so long. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, she was 10 and I was 13 when we met, and we were just like instantly friends and we've been friends ever since.
3: That is Awesome, you guys. What that's an awesome story. Yeah,
2: thank you. Your story is amazing, too. And I can't thank you enough for coming to do this interview. I really, really appreciate everything that you shared your history, everything you've been through. My god, woman, you're strong. (laughs) I cannot believe it. You know, I've
3: been asked to write books. I've had, you know, like a separate book with paranormal, separate book for human trafficking, and then I try to go through it. And then it, you, you know, anytime you want to write a book or whatever, you have to go through that pain again. Mm-hmm. And mm. then, so you know, I always say that you know it's in the works, but you know, I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't. It's like you can't make this shit up. You know.
1: Right. <laughs> Heck yeah. Like, how
3: did? Yeah, it's weird. It's
1: weird. Yeah, well, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And yeah. we'll keep in touch. And, you know, if you ever want to come talk to us again, we would love that.
3: Yeah. Uh, and let me know if you guys want to reach out or I'll let you know if I visit Portland. Yes, and, please. Um, yeah, let's I'm investigating. That'd be fun.
1: Awesome. That'd be amazing. Great.
2: Well, uh, you heard it here, listeners. <laughs> insane yes
1: all right well thanks everybody for listening um we're gonna love you we're gonna miss you we're gonna love you we're gonna miss you and um uh bye. bye bye bye